listening to Mile High Wide Web for your listening pleasure. There's a big yellow moon in the driveway that I once used to think was mine. It's throwing its light in the darkness right on the foreclosure sign. Good morning. You got Mile High Radio. We're having a little technical difficulties with our theme songs this morning, but Deb, if you're online, I'm here. I'm here. Well, take it away. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's Not okay. Only were we having technical difficulties? I poked the wrong button and muted my mic. <laughs> Oops. So I've been just talking merrily along and having a grand time here all by myself. <laughs> okay. Well, take her away. We are here. I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And, you know, I hope that everyone had an absolutely fabulous Thanksgiving. I know I did. And one of the things that I always uh, want to point out is how thankful I am for all of the people that I am connected with, whether it's online or on social media um, or, you know, in person, because you know, whether I've met somebody and known them since I was five years old or only met someone online, I do truly value the people that, that are connected to me. So I just wanted to make sure to, to do that quick shout out to everybody. And now my guest today, we're going to have so much fun. We're going to do a little bit different show today than what we've done in the past, but we really are going to provide a lot of great information. So my guest today is Joyce Foistel, who founded her business, Boomer's Social Media Tour in 2010 to help people in her baby boomer, boomer generation to become more effective in their use of social media, especially LinkedIn and Facebook. Active on Facebook and LinkedIn since 2008 and on Twitter and Pinterest since the summer of 2012, Joyce uses social media to stay engaged in the lives of people she cares about, share her insights and expertise, gain more knowledge from experts in diverse fields, and most importantly, to have fun. So welcome, Joyce. How are you doing this morning? Just great. Great to be online with you. It's so great. exciting to I fit into that online community of friends of yours. You know, we've never met, but I feel like I know you. I know, you know, and that's what makes online so much fun. And I think that's what we really want to talk about today is, you know, whether you're just reaching out to people personally and, you know, connecting with, say, old high school classmates or all of those. I have to move my location. (laughs) Or all those various things. Working out of my home and I'm trying to figure out a room. I so apologize. Okay, my dogs are like, who is that woman talking in the bedroom when there's nobody, nobody there? Okay, I've got, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I'm so sorry. You know, my cats will probably wander in and talk to us, too. So, okay. you know, we're all, right. all family here. At least they're a little quieter than dogs. Okay. This, well, yeah, go. Uh, <laughs> one of my all right. No, hopefully we're back. in a quiet. Here we are. Yeah. We're back. We're back. Um, yeah. And But, yeah, Joyce and I only met online. And so that just really goes to show how you can build really great relationships with people only ever having met them online. Um, you know, but the key is to connect with them online just like you connect with them in person you know so what i really wanted to talk about with joyce is how she focuses on working with baby boomers who 
might be scared of Facebook and the, the various social media sites might, you know, not be as knowledgeable even about how to use those, you know. They're not the twenty-year-olds who grew up with kind of weird thumbs from you know texting too much and you know all of those various mm-hmm. things. Baby boomers, you know, they they think, "Gee, should I be on there?" They're getting friend requests, all these various things, but they're scared. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to use the platforms. And so Joyce really focuses on working with those type of people. And so that's what we want to talk about today. Is you know maybe you're new to social media. How do you survive? So Joyce, let's let's kind of just jump in and okay. you know, say you've got somebody who's never really looked at any of this, but they've heard tons about it and they're thinking, should I, shouldn't I? And if I do, what do I do? So what advice do you give to somebody? Okay, well let's start with um I'm gonna presume that they want to get involved in social okay. media. You know, you the should I or should I? let's like take it to that first level because the people that don't really want to do it, and I've, that's a number of my contemporaries in their 50s and 60s especially, really have no interest. They just right. leave that up to their kids. But let's say that they're kind of thinking about it. Like I was four years ago. I kind of tried to walk myself back almost exactly four years. And what happened to me is that people started to reach out to me, such as a fellow Toastmaster of mine, and say, well, I'm leaving our Toastmaster club, you know, our speaking and leadership club, because we're having that baby, you know, in January, he says, let's be on Facebook so we can stay in touch. So I'm thinking, how does that really work anyway? But I thought about it, and I accepted his friend request. So that's really the first thing that will just launch you in there. Is, and I think that's what happens to other people. They get these requests from people they really do like, maybe don't see a lot, like a niece or nephew, or uh, uh, somebody maybe left a job. They were friends with there. Or a relative, like I say. And so they think, okay, I'll try it. So a lot of people I've worked with have, they've created a profile. Usually it's Facebook. It might be LinkedIn or maybe Twitter. And then they've jumped in, but then they're like, oh, how does this work now? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of what I see is people, they get a little ways into it, and then they don't even know what the features are, and they're kind of lost. That's so- what I find happened. But they have an intention to be engaged, they're just not quite sure how. Right. You know, and, and they hear the scary stories. You know, they hear mm-hmm. the stories from people that say, oh, you have no privacy on Facebook, or my identity was stolen from things that I'm posting. And, you know, all, and, and then they look at Twitter and they think, what the heck is this? You know, yeah. so, you know, how do you work with somebody who says, you know, okay, so I'm, I'm on Facebook. Now what do I do? You know, so you've got the neophyte who has set up their account, what steps do you advise them to take? Because, you know, I think we probably do have listeners or maybe, you know, somebody that they want to have listened to this program who mm-hmm. they, they are scared of the technology or they're just unfamiliar with it. So, you know, say they've got their Facebook account set up. Now what? Well, the first thing I do, as I did recently with a, a new client of mine, we went to her settings and went to every single setting very systematically including the privacy settings. Privacy settings are critical because that determines who is going to see what you're posting on, let's take Facebook as an example. And what we did with hers is lock them down so tightly, so tightly that no one except for people who were already friends of hers could ever find her on Facebook. That's how tightly she wanted it. Right. So we set it up for her. Now, she has a Facebook page for her business. 
ah. who happens to be a, a coach who helps people with transition with jobs, that we're going to go to and take that to another level. But FYI, she, when she created that page, she put in her personal address. Oh. She lives kind of out in the fringes of Denver, sort of horse property, mm-hmm. not a lot of close neighbors. <clears throat> so one thing we did do with her page is remove her address, her physical right. address from okay. her page. So those are some little tinkering things we did. And then answer your second part, we just went through every single feature, and I explained to her what are groups and how do you get out of a group that maybe somebody puts you into. You know, people can do that to you. Right, that's Facebook, always fun. And you're like, I don't want to see these people's business anymore. So we got her out of groups. We got her so she knew about photos and if she didn't want to be tagged in a photo. That's another kind of privacy violation, sort of. So we restricted that to the settings. And then when I got home that day, I typed up everything we went over because she was madly taking notes. And <laughs> I know, trust me, I've been at that madly taking notes space. Mm-hmm. So then I sent that to her to say, this is what we went over. And that's why I call myself a tutor, T-U-T-O-R, because mm-hmm. I consider myself someone who can work with someone where they're at to help them to get to where they want to be. Right. You know, and, and I think, especially on Facebook, one of the things that people don't understand, especially those who are, you know, maybe even just over 40, is that mm. it was created by people who are in their 20s. And, you know, it was actually mm. created by people who were younger than that when they first started all of this. And to them, there isn't anything called privacy. So the default oh. settings are wide open. You know, everybody sees everything. And then it does get confusing when it asks for address and things because we're kind of of the generation where if it asks for an address, we think, oh, we have to put it in. So, or you know, an I age. tell people. Or here's yeah. another one, Deb. Excuse me, age. but like your exact yeah. age, oh, the and year you, you were born. Yeah. Yeah. Don't put your. Not ever with- to do that. Now, I do put my own real birthday in. I suppose technically I shouldn't. Maybe I could put in a day or two after. Mm-hmm. Or, but. Yeah, um, that's a big identity should- theft thing. Yeah, no, no, ever. And a lot of people I notice are doing that still, especially right. people like, say, roughly my contemporaries. Mm-hmm. Again, that's an interesting point. People think, well, fill in the blanks. I was brought up to fill in every blank. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Good point. Right. You know, and, and on the birth date, you know, I'm fine with people who put their, their correct uh, date, but they should always make sure that they hide the year of birth because yeah. that's the key part. Now, you know, somebody can kind of guess. But, you know, I I just did it today. I had, you know, several people. One of my big things is I always tell people happy birthday. doesn't matter if, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, there's somebody I've known since I was five or somebody that I just met yesterday. If if their birthday is there, I tell them happy birthday. And I had six people today. Five of those six people had the the their exact age, which meant their year of birth was being posted. Yes. And that's a very simple thing. It could have been maybe a different year than they were born, but. Just knowing that age group, probably it is their real year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah. You it's know, a and, problem. And so it's it's a very easy privacy thing to turn off, as you just turn off the feature that says "Show Year of Birth." You know, so yeah. that's that's a great little tip um, to be able to do that. And now you mentioned photos because to me, now you know, I'm I have gone back in and changed things. I don't want people to be able to tag me, whether it's just a tag in a post or a tag in a picture without my permission, but tell people what tagging is and why it's important to turn it on or turn it off. Well, part of it depends, again, on your reason for being on that social media site. Let's Perfect. Always go back, circle back to that. Me, for example, I want to be known. I mean, mm-hmm. I want people, like I'm in Toastmasters, and if I was 
in a picture and I won some award and someone took a picture of me and I didn't know about it. And the next thing I know, my picture is up on my, on my Facebook wall that they took of me. I'm, I'm cool with that. So I'm not going to restrict really anybody because, frankly, I'm going to be 64 next month. I'm not doing compromising things I'm not too worried about, you know, in terms of weird things showing up right on Facebook. Well, I guess I could be at this age. But the point is I'm very open and I'm fine with that. So what tagging essentially means is when my friend Curtis took that picture of me in my funny Halloween getup at, at, the, at the Toastmasters thing and he put it up on my wall, he, he – because – he and I are connected on Facebook, and I haven't blocked him from doing that. He can go to my wall and post a picture, mm-hmm. or, and so, or he can potentially post it, and then there's my on his wall. And because we're connected, and there's Joyce Foistel by name. I mentioned there. There's the picture. It's just a simple technology within Facebook. Mm-hmm. So right. if you you don't want somebody doing that, I had a woman. I was one of my early clients. Her ex-husband's son was posting pictures of them from like two or three decades ago mm-hmm. on her wall. And she's like, you know, that relationship is over. Right. <laughs> so and another thing I, mm-hmm. right, I said to her, you know, the thing you could do with him other than just unfriend him, maybe you don't want to do that, is write him a personal message and yeah. write it on Facebook. And we went through how to do that. Not an email, regular email, but write it through Facebook and say, dear Tom, or whatever his name was, you know, it would be really nice of you if you wouldn't post those pictures. I'm just not comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to stay in touch with you as a friend, but I've decided I don't want pictures showing up where I haven't given permission. I changed my permissions, and I just wanted you to know. You know, I mean, just a little polite thing. You know, that's just my suggestion. And then if he doesn't respect that, then you unfriend. You know, if if, That's true. That's another way. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, I do have it tagging turned off because, er, you know, so that I have to give permission just because I always want to look at it before it goes. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. only been one time where I didn't have a picture post, and I looked at it and I thought, oh, okay, don't like that picture of me, ick, ick. <laughs> you know? um, right. But I've also seen people of my generation, I, I had a great example of one where um, it was uh, a woman who I you know, was friends with online, and all of a sudden there were pictures of a strip club, and her name was tagged in it. And I contacted oh, her, wow. and I said, what the heck is going on? Well, a friend of hers had thought it would be cute to do that. And so he tagged her. And, you know, she barely uses Facebook, so didn't really know what she was supposed to do. And so I I walked her through how to take the tag back off. It got her in trouble at work. It, you know, all of these various things because, you know, he had said, you know, this person was with me at X time. Well, she was supposed to be working then, you know, and, and I mean, clearly that man didn't have respect, but he, he did think it was funny. Um, you know, and, and I also talk to people about the fact that maybe if they're in the, the looking for a job, they really need to make sure that they a, approve tags first because some of us get into the mm. habit of tagging everybody every time. So maybe yep. they're at, say, Starbucks doing a job interview or they've gone to a networking function. They might not want to be tagged there so that the whole world could see that. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, you know, my, uh, a relative of mine had to take family medical leave. Mm-hmm. So – she, you know, this person, she's doing her thing. She's back to work now part-time. And I thought of her when I saw some posting maybe on Twitter that said, you know, so-and-so on family medical leave outed because she was doing something that was really inappropriate, I guess, based right. on the fact of what she was out on her family medical leave for. So a similar kind of thing in terms of people, yeah, you really almost in some ways are better off just restricting it, maybe even for a period of time, like you say. Right. 
on the family yeah. medical leave, during the job search, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and the nice thing is you get an email when somebody tags you. So you can look at it, you know, depending on how often you're checking your email, you can check things fairly frequently. So, you know, somebody tags me and within an hour or two, I'm going to catch it, um, you know, and, and so that's why I kind of do that. But, you know, you, you're uh, so right when you say it depends on why somebody's on, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Because if they want to be more known in their professional field, or even if, again, it's tricky, like you said, maybe you don't want this less flattering picture of you. It's interesting. I'll think about that one. Like, oh. <laughs> you know, we're all so <laughs> I like that picture. It's, yeah. it's one of those things, you know, you got to love that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and when we come back, let's talk about resources and books that people who are new to social media can be looking at and reading, you know, whether it's online or physical books or things like that, that you have found and that I have found that would be very good for people because that's one of the questions I get the most is how, what can I read to to keep up and, and learn about all of this? So when we get back from the break, let's talk about that. Perfect. Okay. Thank you for being a friend Travel down a road and back again Your heart is true You're a pal and a confidant You're listening to Mile High Radio MileHighRadio.com On the World Wide Web For your listening pleasure the Chelsea Hutchison Foundation is a Colorado nonprofit corporation formed by Julie and Doug Hutchison to help individuals, particularly children and young adults who have epilepsy. The main focus is to raise funds to provide grants for trained seizure response dogs that may be able to detect an oncoming seizure and provide warnings and or respond after the onset. The foundation also provides MFIT monitors for those in need. MFIT movement monitors are the latest technology for monitoring and individual who, during sleep, may experience seizures, which a caregiver or family member should be alerted to. The Chelsea Hutchison Foundation is named for Julie and Doug's beloved daughter, Chelsea, who died in her sleep during a seizure in April of 2009. The cause of her death is called SUDEP, or Sudden Unexplained Death in Epilepsy. During the six years that Chelsea had seizures, no one had ever told the Hutchisons that a seizure could take her life. As a result of that omission, the Chelsea Hutchison Foundation raises SUDEP awareness so other families are not blindsided in the same way that they were. For more information on the Chelsea Hutchison Foundation, please click on the banner ad right here on milehighradio.com. According to a recent study, 85% of consumers do their shopping within five miles of home. At Echo Pages, we publish community phone books that take those mining patterns seriously. For just a fraction of what the big phone book charges, you can get a great ad that targets your potential customers without the waste. Call Echo Pages today at 303-805-7344 and let your voice be heard again and again.
And we are back. I am Deb Creer, the socialite. And with me today is Joyce Foistel, who founded Boomer's Social Media Tutor. And we're talking about social media for people who are new to social media or maybe just a little confused or a little uncertain about some of the things. Um, and so, you know, what we want to provide today are educational tips, sources of, of information for people to go to. So in this section, we're going to be talking about books and things like that that are great social media tools. So, Joyce, what are your favorite sources to, to go to when you're looking for information about social media? I like the dummy series. I do, and people shouldn't take mm-hmm. it personal. Because these, <laughs> I know they need a new name for that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, you know, but and they're, they're so good. Um, the whole dummy series. I just have a stack of them here. You know, I'm a book collector. Twitter for dummies, uh, LinkedIn for dummies. I don't know if we'll have a chance to get to that. Facebook for dummies was the first book I think I ever got when I uh, four years ago. But now they have get this Facebook and Twitter for seniors. Ooh, ooh, yeah! Isn't that cool? My other one I like is Facebook for grown-ups. That's not in the dummy series. Is that cute? A friend of mine told me by Michael Miller. Mm-hmm. So Michael Miller wrote Facebook for grown-ups. But I think anything in the dummy series, one of my new favorites, but it can be addicting, is Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Pinterest for dummies or Pinterest marketing for dummies. So I think any of those are really a good place to start. And then another good one with LinkedIn, a, a guy who I finally got to meet in person. You've interviewed him, I think, Wayne, Wayne Breitbart. Yes. Wayne um, his book on, is fabulous. Oh, he's fab- and his book on LinkedIn success, I think he's working on a second edition, The mm-hmm. Power Formula, The Power Formula for LinkedIn Success, Kickstart Your Business Brand and Job Search. Now, this is more oriented to someone who is, you know, in, or still in the work world, maybe starting a business, like it says, or has a business. So he writes it for, the, I'd say he writes it for his age group, and Wayne is probably, would you say, like 50-something, I'm going to guess. Mm-hmm. And he's he's very accessible language, you know, really terrific writer. And, and then I other thing is once you find someone like Wayne, get on their email um, newsletter. Right. Follow their blogs. I mean, you, do, you want to be selective or you're going to be overwhelmed. But I think if you like the way they, they think and write and want to get the updates, because these books go out of date the minute they're written, um, is to, to do that too, to follow them um or follow them on Twitter if you've gotten into Twitter. I mean, again, we're just jumping ahead a bit, but mm-hmm. I think the books are a good place, for, especially for people of my contemporaries to start. Right. And, of course, the tricky thing with books and social media is the fact that, you know, they could write it today, publish it today, and tomorrow the sites will look differently. But right. the books still have good information, um, you know, and, and they provide good general tips, which, you know, maybe the pictures, you know, the, the screenshots look different and, you know, that button isn't there and all those various things, but they are telling you the basics. And you're right. The dummy series yep. is very good. One of my uh, favorite books on Pinterest is the one by Beth Hayden, um, because she walks people through step-by-step how to use Pinterest. And I admit, I haven't set up my Pinterest business page yet. I'm going to do that. We'll talk Pinterest in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are so many books out there, but blogs and online sources are probably one of the best. I love Social Media Examiner. You know, it is a yes. source oh. of information that is just unprecedented. I had a rock star moment over the Thanksgiving weekend. Let me just confess. I have been getting Social Media Examiner for over a year. I saved probably 90% of their mm-hmm. posts in little folders on my email, Ooh. you know, organizing it. 
And then I've started to, um, now since I've gotten into Twitter, then I'll go in and I'll read the articles and I'll tweet, you know, great articles, so-and-so, a guest blogger. Well, I decided at Thanksgiving, what am I thankful for? Like you were saying in your intro, I'm mm-hmm. thankful for Social Media Examiner. Right. So I wrote that and get this, I decided, and then wouldn't you know, Michael Seltzer, right? He mm-hmm. pops up as somebody I might want to connect with on Twitter. I thought, well, of course, my hero. So yes. I, I connect with him. And then I decided I would send him the link to my blog. Mm-hmm. And then he commented on my blog, and now he's oh. following me on Twitter. OMG. Oh. Yes. Isn't that, that exciting? Is so cool. <laughs> I you know. know. And- Somebody's going, what? And for me, it's like my equivalent of a celebrity rock star. Yeah, you know, and, and that is a, a, a perfect example of how you can connect with people who are those, those big rock stars in ways that you never thought you could before. You know, so find them yeah. on Facebook, you know, find them on LinkedIn. That's how I get a lot of my radio guests is through LinkedIn. Um, I'm very got- excited about some of the ones I have coming up in January because I just, you know, I did the let's bite the bullet and, you know, the least they can tell me is no, you know. And, yeah, and they so you don't. went to the equivalent to Michael. Yeah. yeah. Why yeah. not? I mean, like a Lori Roth or a Michael O'Neill and these people, right. these big time people. Good yeah. for you. You know, and, and so you connect with those people and more importantly, just exactly as you were saying Michael did with you, do with them. Follow their blogs and then comment on them. You know, and, and make it a good comment and not just, ooh, gee, you're a rock star. Um, you know, mm-hmm. post something that, that is, is very valuable retweet them, do all of those things so that you yep. get noticed by them. But you're yeah, like also Andrea showing... Andrea Ball would be another. She right. would be another, excuse me, for interrupting. Oh. She's on their leader yeah. list, and she happens to actually be right here in Colorado. Oh. I've met her in person at a Toastmaster function. Yeah, you know, and, and, and then I said, oh, my easy. gosh, I've read your book. You know, I was like, oh, okay. here, find my book. I have to admit, I'm in her book. Oh, now see, you know, I'm a rock star. (laughs) (laughs) But, but yeah, it's social media. I think to me, one of the biggest reasons that people should use it, whether it's just for personal use or reaching out for business contacts or actually building your business on it, 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 it is the great equalizer. You know, it, yeah. it puts us all on the same playing field. Now, granted, you know, I'm not going to compete with the, the gigantic companies of the world because they do have more resources. You know, they've got 5, 10, 20 full-time social media people, you know, all of those various things. But what you can do is really dominate your niche and maybe move it up a level or two by being able to do this. Right. Right, exactly. Frankly, what's hampering me just a little bit, but in a year or maybe less, it won't anymore, is that I still have a day job. Mm-hmm. So I'm still going to work every day, doing the commute, doing that completely unrelated field, and I feel that I'm closing in on being able to walk away from there. Even my cool. husband said the other day, feel free any time, and I'm like, well, that's tempting, honey. You know? yeah, yeah. So, um but yes, in terms of really taking this to a whole nother level and being mm-hmm. more available, that's what's frustrating for me yet right now is, you know, I can only see people so much. But I've worked with people over the phone as well as right. in person. There's Skype, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, the, I think the sky's the limit. And I really agree with you about that equalizer feeling. There's, I mean, there's a guy that I follow a lot on Twitter. He's 18 years old. Daniel Sharkov, I think I'm saying that right. It's some mm. of the best advice I've ever read mm-hmm. on blogging by this 18-year-old kid mm-hmm. who is just gifted. Right. And see, in another lifetime, you know, he'd be Mozart or something. There's people like that would take a hard time to find someone with that mm-hmm. kind of advice for me. 
and he's right. just, you know, young, but he's and he knows so much. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's so much fun to connect with people like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it is uh, one of the biggest things that business owners tell me is I don't have time to do it. Well, you know, True. time Good is point. a priority, you know, and, and so you have to decide what's important to you. And, you know, so maybe it means that you've got your smartphone and you go to a meeting 15 minutes early. And so you're on Facebook then or, you know, you do it at night, you know, the People always say, when is the best time to, to do a page post? It's evenings. You know, I hate to say that for people, but hello, there are scheduling tools. But that's yeah. when people are online. You know, they've, they've put their kids to bed. They've finished the dinner dishes. They're sitting there with their iPad, their laptop, whatever, and they're watching TV. So that's a great time to be able to reach people is the evenings. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's, you know, this may be a little advanced for the folks who are kind of marketing this to to a degree, but... It isn't that complicated. Let's take Facebook again, you know, focus on that. Um, if a person has a small business and wants to post something on their page, it, it is not complex at all, I think. Would you agree, Deb, with the it's, timeline yeah. as it is to say, mm-hmm. this is when I want this post to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and and there are scheduling tools. There's tools like Hootsuite and TweetDeck and all of those. But now mm-hmm. Facebook doesn't really play nice with those. So it's easiest oh. just to use the built-in tool. Now, they're only on pages. They're not on the profiles. But you can True. schedule so many posts that way. So you can sit down and do maybe your posts for the week while you're watching yeah. the football game. You know, well, that's and, true. And I, yeah. I'd like to go just for a quick minute, Deb, to mm-hmm. a page versus a profile. Again, com- yes. some people get some very simple thing, but confusing if you're new. Mm-hmm. So my chiropractor, for example, still is posting everything to his profile, which personally I disagree with. Now, I'm not necessarily, I'm not his social media advisor, so I'm not going to say do this or don't do that. But I think in Facebook, I'm sure would agree that it's much cleaner. You have your personal identity on your profile and you have your business identity on your Facebook page. Mm -hmm. So that keeps it nice and straight. And then if he wants to send out how it's the, you know, quarterly reminder to get your checkup at the equinox, which he likes to do, you know, the changing of the seasons, that mm-hmm. would go out to people who have liked his page. Right. And that's also important in terms of when people like a page. Going back again to this generation I'm in, you know how you'll get those those little invites will say, please like so-and-so page. They're mm-hmm. trying to get to their 30 or whatever the cutoff is now to get more, you know, uh, mm-hmm. visibility. And you think, oh, well, that's my nephew's friend's business. Well, you maybe want to research, you know, this business mm-hmm. a little before right. you go ahead and do something as innocuous as liking a page. Mm-hmm. Because that's going to show up on your page that you've liked this page. And in the end, you're like, why did I ever do that? Right. Well, yeah. and, you know. Of course, you can unlike I, it easily. But yes. I mean, still, it's done. It's out there once you've done it. And you know more the most important thing that people need to keep in mind is whatever they're doing online you know maybe it is just connecting with friends or building a business or or a combination their online reputation is what is the most important. And if, say, they've liked a whole bunch of pages, you know, I'll go back and, and talk about, you know, recent uh, political stuff. I mean, there were people oh, who were liking right. pages that, you know, maybe they shouldn't have. And and they didn't, you know, maybe it meant they liked that candidate, but then they liked other pages associated with it, and those might be an extreme, you know, type of post. So as you said, always go and look. You know, just double-check. Don't mm-hmm. ever automatically like something without looking at it first and you might even google the company i mean you might mm-hmm. really take every like seriously and that i mean should really 
and right. <clears throat> make sure that is something you comfortable standing up for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think we're all breathing a sigh of relief after the election because oh. <laughs> it was really hard for me, and I'm not going to go into a lot of details, but this particular chiropractor was for a candidate I'm not for, and mm-hmm. he had some very... Uh, he retweeted a post by a very famous person. I'm not going to name this person, mm-hmm. or not retweeted it, but he put it this little thing, and it, to me, it was very demeaning mm-hmm. to this particular political party. And I, I've been stewing about that for weeks, honestly, because I think, well, I guess I'll still see him as a chiropractor. You know, I mean, it sounds funny, but um, people can take stuff so personally, and I don't think a small business person, in my opinion should be blatantly for or against a certain candidate. Now, that's just Joyce's opinion, because I think he can drive people away from you, and I, I'm well, concerned about that. And that's exactly why it's important to have a, a personal page where you can post that and your business right. page that never has that. It doesn't talk about exactly. anything that's controversial, you know, any of those various things, unless, you know, obviously your business pertains to that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, keep those two lives separate. And... You know, I will post business on my personal page, but I never post anything that is, you know, like on my personal page, I might say, hey, I watch this TV show. I do that. I do this. That's never going to show up on my business page. Amen. Cool. Exactly. We are at the the bottom of the hour. And so when we come back, let's talk LinkedIn because, you know, I think that's something that for our generation, so many people think, oh, you know, I, I opened a LinkedIn account. 10 years ago. Now I don't know how to get into it. Is it really valid? All of those various things. So let's talk LinkedIn when we come back from the break. Help. You got it. I need somebody. Help. Not just anybody. Help. You know, I need someone. Help. When I was young, was so much younger than today. MileHighRadio.com on the World Wide Web for your listening pleasure. Hi, I'm Greg Geeson, better known as Geese, host of the Mondays at 3 show here on Mile High Radio. Hey, what do Lockheed Martin, the Quizno Corporation, Nextel Communications, Coors Brewing Company, Vail Resorts, Exempla Healthcare, and Anheuser-Busch all have in common? Why, they've all sent employees to the Leading From Within program. The Leading From Within program is an award-winning, transformational workshop designed to help you achieve optimal performance as a leader in all facets of your life. This indoor-outdoor experiential program will leave you with a renewed sense of purpose, passion, and motivation to be the authentic leader you were meant to be. For more information, go to greggeeson, G-I-E-S-E-N.com, and look for the Leading From Within tab. But hurry, our programs are limited to the first 16 participants. <laughs> Santa here. Wanted to remind you to listen to Santa Stories right here on MileHighRadio.com every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Snuggle up to the fireplace and turn on the computer and listen to some seasonally relevant stories. Hear some jokes and learn some history or maybe something new. We'll even share some good news while we're at it. So join me, Santa, for Santa Stories right here on MileHighRadio.com. <laughs> 
Well, we all need a little help now and then. And I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and I am all about helping people learn how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And my guest today is the same exact type of, of person. It, this is, I'm, we're speaking with Joyce Foistel, who is a tutor, especially to people of the baby boomer generation on how to use social media as a tool. You know, do they, some people, it might be they shouldn't leap in. You know, I'll be honest, I would just tell people, you know, maybe not so much. Just stay away. <laughs> but Joyce, welcome back. Hey there. Great, great. So we're going to talk this session about uh, LinkedIn because it is the professional tool. You know, you, you really won't see posts there from people saying, hey, I like this on TV or, you know, go sports or, you know, all of those various things. But LinkedIn isn't for everybody. You know, I did get uh, an email from my mother several weeks ago that said, what's LinkedIn and how do I join? Now, she's not looking for a job. She's not really looking to connect professionally. But she had received a request from somebody who said she used to join LinkedIn. So why should somebody join LinkedIn or maybe why shouldn't they, especially in you know the, the boomer and older generation? Well, I'll use my Toastmasters as an example. And you could replace this with anything, Rotary, um, Homemakers Club of America. I mean, who knows? They probably have a LinkedIn group. But I think if a person, let's take a person my age, on the cusp of retirement, I'm not looking for a job. I'm looking to scale down. So why would I do LinkedIn? I do LinkedIn, first off, to learn about social media. I, mm-hmm. def- I met you, Deb, on LinkedIn. I have a yes. hunch. I have to track it mm-hmm. back. But I, I think that, am I right? Okay. So I need people like you who are further down the road, kind of a mentor, really, for me. And I learn from you. So I learn just by your post by the articles you post, just like I'm learning now on Twitter, which is newer to me. Then you join a group on LinkedIn, and you can learn about a place you're going. Let's go back to where you're at now. When I joined um, four years ago, LinkedIn, I joined that also because of a Toastmaster who Mm -hmm. said it's a great way to network. And I was on it. I had been on it for a year and a half, come to think of it. It was one I really eased into, just accepting invites. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I don't want to be mean to my friend. I'll, I'll be his connection. <laughs> but I didn't do a darn thing with it. And mm-hmm. then finally, that same month I got into Facebook, the month I turned 60, I said, okay, I'm going to get this LinkedIn thing, by golly. Went out and got the book and started looking into it. And then I got into the official Toastmasters member group, and I'd found my tribe. I'd found my people. Cool. And there, because I've been a Toastmaster for 15 years, you got to believe your mom's done something like that for a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could I could share my experience, strength and hope, so to speak, my wisdom, my knowledge, because mm-hmm. I've done a lot of those speeches, I've done a lot of leadership. I'm not a know-it-all, but I am a source of of help, of wisdom and ideas. Conversely, I still learn stuff. I'm still giving speeches. I'm still learning about leadership. I'm still an open, willing learner to Toastmasters too. I have a gentleman I met, and tell your mom the story. He is in the United Arab Emirates, and he, I met him through that group. He was looking for help with a speech project. I reached out to him. We connected through email offline. We've been in touch for nearly four years, on wow. and off. I've mentored this young man who I've never met, never talked to by phone for almost four years. We might both be at the international convention together, and I'll just hug him like he was like my mm-hmm. son or something, you know. And I then he started a certain type of thing in Toastmasters I hadn't done, so I put him in touch with some people here in Denver, and they've been helping him. Blows my mind. 
Right. So my point is it's more than just about looking for work. That's where I'm kind mm-hmm. of roundabout going to. So someone well, your age or your mom, maybe, yeah, maybe, depending on her interest now or sure. where she's going. Yeah. You know, and, and I think the, the misnomer that a lot of people have is that LinkedIn should only be used when you're looking for a job. And that is so untrue. You know, I, I haven't looked for a job in 10 years. So, you know, since I founded my company and I'm very active on LinkedIn. Well, exactly, because it's, it's a way for you to have credibility in your business. Mm-hmm. Or even within um, a world, I mean, even if you aren't looking for a job, who knows if maybe there's a job that's looking for you mm-hmm. that you wouldn't have considered that finds you because right. of LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And not to rule out that or just to be active in your professional field, you know, mm-hmm. through your engineers group or your, I mean, um, at my day job, as I call it, I work at the College for Financial Planning. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, groups for all the different designations we offer. If a person is a, a financial planner, they can be in a group of financial planners. I mean, the list is endless. Right. So it's a way to be a thought leader in your field, which what's wrong with that, really? Mm-hmm. People, you're kind of hiding yourself under a bushel, you know, if you don't do that. You know, and, and I think one of the things that people get concerned about is who do they connect with? You know, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook, and, and we'll talk about LinkedIn first, you know, do they connect only with people in their field? If they're a business owner, should they not connect with their uh, competitors? What's your philosophy on that? Well, I talked to Wayne about that. Wayne Breitbart, going back to him for a minute, and mm-hmm. LinkedIn, let's just talk about that. He doesn't want to connect with his competitors because, uh, and this is more in his office furniture side of his because he still has right. another gig too, because mm-hmm. he doesn't want them to have privy to all the people he knows. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's, um, it depends on the type of business you do. But I'm thinking of someone like Donna Feldman, who I believe you know, you mm-hmm. know, really yes. better mm-hmm. than I know her, but she's, you could say she's kind of a competitor to me. But I think Donna's focus is primarily more on the business community than on the individual right. person, mm-hmm. right? So she could be more of what I call a strategic partner. Mm-hmm. So that is definitely someone you'd want to connect to. But I think you'd, I would say to be careful when you have a head-on competitor, I don't know that I'd want to um, like their page or, you right. know, or, or connect with them on LinkedIn. I don't know. What do you think, Deb? You know, I, I go both ways because I do mm-hmm. see where I don't want them to see what I'm doing. But mm-hmm. I darn sure tootin' want to see what they're doing. You know, are they doing seminars, you know, in a, in a location that maybe I want to check out for a seminar? Or are they doing a different type of seminar that sounds like, ooh, that's something I could do? You know, and so it, it does go both ways. And But I think when people do this, they need to very strategically think about it. You know, maybe they're curious about what their competitors are doing, but that also means their competitors are curious about them. So here's a quick thing now, excuse me for interrupting, I'm just thinking as you were talking. First off, with Facebook, you can subscribe. You can subscribe to a person. I mean, mm-hmm. that sounds sort of, sort of spooky, you know, but you can if you wanted to. But more likely, you could, um, by liking their page, you weren't really giving up that much, Correct. you know, mm-hmm. about you. So that's fairly innocent. But, you know, with LinkedIn, you could just look at their profile now and again. Mm-hmm. Now, here's, but now with the new features on LinkedIn, as you probably know, they're going to know whenever you do that. But, you know, mm-hmm. so what? I think I'd be flattered if I had a competitor periodically checking my page, you know. Oh, definitely. It's just like dropping by their store. What's different than that to see how they set up, you know, their right. goods in the aisles? I mean, isn't it kind of equivalent to that? It's it's exactly equivalent to that, you know. And, and, and so they wouldn't, you know, we'll go back to using Wayne as an example. Would he 
bar the door for a competitor and not allow them in. You know, to me, competition brings out the best in people, hopefully. Yep. <laughs> you know? hopefully. And right. so, you know, it's, it's a good thing to connect with people as long as, again, you're keeping in mind that, you know, you're giving away what could be considered your trade secrets sometimes mm-hmm. by, by your online mm-hmm. posts. So just remember that. Um, you know, and, and, and oh. I tell people, always look at who you're connecting with, <clears throat> even mm-hmm. on LinkedIn, because you never know, you know, who they are, what they're doing, and you want to know more about them to see, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's just somebody that wants to connect because they want to connect. Maybe it's a great strategic business partner, and by going and looking at their profile before you connect, you'll see that. Right, and you know what I do, Deb? I almost always write back and say, why did you reach out to me? Mm-hmm. If they sent me one of those generic invites, which right. shame on them, you know, mm-hmm. they should tailor that more. But anyway, I write back, why did you reach out in a range from everything? Like, I'm really interested in what you do. And all of a sudden now we have a conversation about mm-hmm. my business. That's awesome. Or just, oh, I just felt like connecting. And to be honest, I'm a pretty open network. I mean, the only mm-hmm. person who I ever took away as uh, besides a guy that I'd kind of, you know, so it was a personal thing. I, sort mm-hmm. of, I don't even go there, but it was an mm-hmm. awkward moment mm-hmm. in a group we're in. So I thought I just don't want to be separate from him. It was a man who said he was doing a certain kind of work. And then he was out in Western Colorado. So I thought, oh, it's Colorado. And he was connected to somebody I knew. So I, the next thing he's emailing me, telling me that I should help him be able to get a job in this field that he said he was already in. It oh. really freaked me out. So I mm-hmm. wrote him back and I said, don't ever email me again. And I took him off. Mm-hmm. I essentially unfriended him. You know, right. I disconnected with him on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm, I have over 1,600 connections. And mm-hmm. I've done that, what, once or twice? I mean, just to show for people listening that that's a very rare thing, that mm-hmm. especially I think on LinkedIn are people strange. Now, I don't want to leak too much, but with Twitter, that sort of still unsettles me how people can follow you where you didn't give them the okay to follow you. And I recently saw this thing where when you do block people, mm-hmm. what it looks like when they get back and see your account, I'm like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have been blocking all those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, now yeah. I'm reassessing that. Maybe just let them follow me, but don't follow them back. Right. So that's a whole other mm-hmm. animal. It's a very different kind of a setup. You know what I mean? Then mm-hmm. LinkedIn is much more, I'm going to say, controlled maybe. But well, Twitter is more wide open. What, and, how would you describe me- that? You know, LinkedIn is professional, and yeah. I had my first spam LinkedIn connection request, and, and you know, I don't even remember how many people I'm connected with on LinkedIn. I got a request to connect on LinkedIn just a couple of days ago from Lolita Tata. <laughs> and the really real funny name. Thing, yes. <laughs> well, no, no picture, no profile, no anything yeah. like that, but we have mutual connections, which meant people just clicked on, sure, I'll connect without ever looking at the profile. Um, you know, and, and that's, you know, you, you always should do that. You should, as you mentioned, always send a personal request, you know, unless it's truly somebody who is a very good friend of mine and I just didn't realize they were on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I always do, you know, and, and it's because we have so many things going on in our lives. We love to think that we're memorable, but we're not always. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I tell people, Hey, we just met an hour ago at, you know, such and such function. And we talked about, you know, all those, give them oh, those perfect. touch points again to remind people yeah. why you want to connect. Yeah. Or Wait. going back to your mom or somebody in another group say, you know, we, uh, we were in the same, uh, unit of the League of Women Voters back in Madison, Wisconsin. I mean, I can think of a lady I, I recently connected with on LinkedIn this way. 
Hey, mm-hmm. Carol, remember me from when we, I was in League of Women Voters back in Madison, and, and I always admire your leadership. And, well, they, you know, you okay. can't go on and on. There's a limited right. character. But then she right away accepted that, mm-hmm. you know, or my daughter's best friend, my daughter's, my sister's best friend from um, grade school mm-hmm. is a big-time marketing lady, and she right. remembers me, of course, you know, but, but still, that was, I didn't know that Carol would, you know, it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. So give it, yeah, you're right. Always tell people there's a reason why, you, you know, why, what's, what's the point of connecting, not just to connect and add another number to your mm-hmm. list. Yeah, because we don't want to just be another number. You know, I want to know why somebody said, hey, you know, let, let's connect. Yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. And one thing I like about LinkedIn is when I find someone now on Twitter and I want to find out more about them and communicate with them in more than 140 characters, mm-hmm. then I can typically find them on LinkedIn and then I can have, um, and they, well, we're already connected on Twitter, so they, you know, I haven't had one yet say, let's not do LinkedIn together. And then it's easier to get into more of a, a longer conversation if you want to. And, and people tend on Twitter to do everything so public. I probably ever had a direct message on Twitter that wasn't some sort of a sales come up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, maybe I don't want to always talk in front of God and everybody about, you know, our mutual interests here. Right. Mm-hmm. I start yeah. feeling kind of shy, you know, mm-hmm. not yeah. like me. Cool. But I'm like, LinkedIn is better that way for me. Mm-hmm. That's maybe because I've known it so long, too. Yep. You know, and we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, let's talk about kind of the newbies, the Twitter and Pinterest, and why somebody should or shouldn't join those, too. So when we come back, let's talk about those. And and I love Pinterest. Ooh, I've gotten into Pinterest. (laughs) But let's talk about why it's good for for fun and then also for a business tool when we come back. Right. Okay. I need somebody not just anybody You know, I need someone. Listening to Mile High Radio, milehighradio.com on the World Wide Web for your listening pleasure. Not quite seven years of age, Aaliyah had developed a fever that wouldn't go away, along with an arm pain that caused too many tears. A late night trip to the ER revealed the news that no parent wants to hear. Aaliyah had cancer, leukemia. Her two year treatment plan turned into five and a half years of chemo oral and IV meds, appointments, ER visits, days, weeks, and months in the hospital, infections, side effects, multiple surgeries, a bone marrow transplant, and much more. Even though Aaliyah never gave up her battle, God realized that it was an unfair fight. On July 9, 2010, the cancer died and Aaliyah went to heaven. We've all been touched by cancer one way or another, but cancer should never be allowed to touch our children. None of us can do everything, but all of us can do something. Together, we can fight to eradicate childhood cancers. Please support Aim to Cure in their effort to eliminate childhood cancer. Click on their logo on our website and give what you can. Aim to Cure has no overhead costs, so all money goes to research and public awareness programs. Please give today so that other children will have a tomorrow. Performance Apparel is South Metro Denver's premier corporate and athletic apparel store. We're your one-stop shop for creating a personal yet professional look for you and your organization. 
We can assist you in outfitting your corporate team, baseball team, lacrosse team, soccer team, hockey team, football team, or any other team you're involved with. Our goal is to outfit your team for success. We offer in-house full-service embroidery, a state-of-the-art banner and sign maker, screen printing, a graphic designer, vinyl and heat press letter logos, tackle twill, sew on lettering, leather jackets, hats, shirts, and other corporate imaging. Learn just why we've been chosen to be the official corporate image consultant and provider for MileHighRadio.com by clicking on the banner ad on their website. Remember the name in South Metro Denver. It's Performance Apparel. We are back, and we are here to help you. Um, if you haven't connected with me already, why the heck not? I am Deb Creer. It's pretty easy to find me. Just go to my website, debcreer.com, which is D-E-B-K-R-I-E-R.com, and you can find all of my social media links there. But we also want to find out how to connect with my guest today, today Joyce Foistel. Joyce, tell us how people find you online. Oh, Okay. Well, they could go to Facebook and type in Boomers, no apostrophe in that, Boomers Social Media Tutor, and they'll find my page and feel free to like my page. That would be terrific. Cool. And then on LinkedIn, I will admit I don't have a company page yet, kind of a slow adapter, but they could, I'd be honored and happy to, because it is a professional site. To, to have them just type in my name, J-O-Y-C-E, and then F as in Frank, E as in Edward, U as Umbrella, S as in Sam, T as in Tom, another E, and then L as in Larry, F-E-U-S-T-E-L, not a law at all like it sounds, uh, unless you know German, <laughs> and just find me there. There's only three of me in the whole USA, which is pretty cool, or they ah. can just Google my name. If they Google my name, they'll find pretty much everything I'm on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. That'd be a really easy thing to do, cool, but I cool. do uh, in Facebook. I go. Um, I have my page, so perfect. And I don't want to just run off and friend me. Now I thought the brick you friended me, Deb. So I, I just know. went ahead and accepted your friendship. Well, I thought you know, oh, we're, oh, fun. we're buddies. We've been chatting. We yeah. can do that. <laughs> yeah, but that thought, you know, but I saw I have you know three or four Twitter people to move into that for a minute. Can we do that? Yes, most definitely. I want to mention real quick about this whole thing of accepting. So. I really kind of struggle a bit, to be honest, with Twitter, as I said earlier. And now I've decided I'm going to go in and look, just like we said with LinkedIn, look at about maybe 10 or 20 of their tweets. Mm-hmm. And who are they tweeting? You know, what are they doing in their tweets? Right. This one guy from Belgium who has like a million, maybe 33 or 35,000 people, he doesn't need another follower probably, but he, um, it's all him. You look through it, there isn't a single retweet for the first 15, 20 months. It's all little quotes or links to helpful stuff maybe. A lot of tweets. Maybe I don't want to be in that stream with him. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a lot of tweets right. to absorb. Um, so there's an example. Another guy I looked at, it was an interesting blend of retweeting people, his own tweets. Um, and he has, what, maybe 1,900 people. And, like, part of me feels like, oh, well, I'd like to help him get hired. Just like I appreciate when people even following me with my, what, 330 followers and 430 I'm following. I mean, I've got to build that up. So right. I know that sounds silly, but 
I just think that uh, if it was a thought leader, like I say, Michael Stelzer, I don't care how many people he's following, <laughs> I'm happy to follow him. Right. Jeff Bullis, he's an amazing guy on Twitter. And some of these people you just stumble into in terms of who to follow. Mm-hmm. But I think I am trying to be a little more selective. And so I kind of keep track of these people. If maybe later I will choose to follow them, mm-hmm. right? right? That doesn't mean I'll never follow them. But, but if someone, when I first got on Twitter, I mean, they look like ladies of the night. I mean it. Oh, yeah. And so mm-hmm. then I would report these people, and you can do that. We should stress that. Yes. Um, and, again, there's settings on Twitter. You can choose. You can have it so tight that no one can follow you without you even giving them your okay. So I don't want to stress to the new people that when you're on Twitter, these, all these random people could just follow you. If you want to make it really tight, you can, just like the lady I worked with on Facebook. But part of me thinks, why be on Twitter or something like that? If yeah, you're not going to Twitter's be pretty open. open. Mm-hmm. Don't you think, Deb? Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and it's, uh, I, I do exactly what you do. I go and I look at somebody. Now, if they're only posting in, say, non-English, well, English isn't always my best language. So if they're in another language, <laughs> I really don't know what they're posting. Um, mm-hmm. So I typically don't follow them. If it looks like all they are doing is sell, 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 sell. Now, mm-hmm. I have no desire to see that in my feed. So I don't follow them. Now, the the ones that I have blocked are the ones exactly like you're saying, the, the, the pornographic sites, the sites that are just not good. And, you know, take advantage of those. You can report those on Facebook. You can report them, you know, on, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's what helps. On LinkedIn, too, for that matter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm probably going to report poor little Lolita Tata. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it, that is what keeps this a tool that we can use, that we're not afraid to have our parents use, our children use, our grandchildren use. You know, all of mm-hmm. those various things, just kind of keep, keep an eye on those things and, and report them when you see them. Yep. No, I think we have a responsibility to do that, right. you know, to everyone else, because you just don't want somebody else preying around on others. And I've noticed um, after I don't get any of those anymore from in the Twitter kind of the oddball ones. There's some think... people that I just don't have an interest in. I just there's a handful of people I would say I don't report them, but I block them right. because maybe that's a person I've decided I really don't have an interest in ever connecting with them, mm-hmm. and that's okay to right. do that. I don't feel you can do the same on Pinterest. You know, mm-hmm. we'll get into that in a minute, but. You can do it there too. Well, and it's funny. We, we don't. Uh, what I've decided is we have to have you back on so that we can talk Pinterest because we're just not going to oh, yeah. have enough time to, to do it justice. Yep, in that a couple could be minutes. almost a whole, not a whole oh, hour, but it could be a while it because it's taken on by storm mm-hmm. and it's got so many different nuances to it. And I was in a class recently at Colorado for University where this I kept, you know, picking the brain of the teacher saying, should I? Should I be going with Boomer Social Media Tutor or Joyce Voicel? And this says, again, to sort of a fledgling business owner, who is your, what is your brand? Mm-hmm. Is your brand you or is your right. brand your business? Mm-hmm. So there's a pause and think of that. You know, so I finally decided with Pinterest, I would just be honest, Joyce Voicel. And I, mm-hmm. and I have business related boards and we can talk about that more later. And then I have all my fun boards that I started out with in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I'm blending it there. But not every well, other people would be better off, like you said, I'm sorry, with a company. Right. You know, and, and I think you, you just brought up one of the most important points is it's okay to blend some personal in. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, we work with people we know, we like, and we trust. And we get right. to know them through social media. So, you know, you don't overdo it. You know, but like say on my business page, I will post a cartoon on occasion. Now, it's a tasteful cartoon. It's never anything that's, you know, questionable. It's something where I tell people follow the grandmother rule. If your grandmother mm. would go, ah, 
then you probably shouldn't have posted it. So, you know, yeah. what I post on my business page, it might be a cartoon about, say, Facebook or, you know, something. Mm-hmm. So I show people that I've got a sense of humor. Hopefully they can figure that out. You know, all of those various things. So you want to have a little personality in. And depending on the platform, you can do a little bit more or a little bit less. But then mm-hmm. that's how people think, hey, this is how I want to know somebody. Because the most important thing is to be authentic. If yeah. you meet them in person and you've developed this thought of how they're going to be just from seeing, say, their LinkedIn profile, and they're totally different, then there's a big disconnect. You know, and, and then you might oh, yeah. not want to do business with them. I would be, I would be shocked. I, I would feel betrayed. Almost. Right. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I mean, what you see should be what you get. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, and without revealing too many personal, you have to be appropriate. I guess. Oh, definitely. Bottom mm-hmm. line, obviously. Yeah. But I think to bring in a person's, you know, appropriate parts of their personal life and hobbies and interests and groups are part of it makes them more real, more, mm-hmm. you know, three-dimensional. So I, well, I think that's the neat thing about social media. Like LinkedIn, for example, is much more than a resume. You can put in your passions and your hobbies and the groups you're in. And in so many ways, it, it, it's always been built that way. Mm-hmm. you know, to allow for that. Right. You know, and, and that's that sometimes gives you that initial touch point on how to connect with them. You know, maybe you went to the same mm-hmm. university, which is a big reason yeah. why they have that in there. You know, alumni groups, all of those various things. Maybe you like the same author or you do like the same movies or, or things like that. So, you know, it, but do it in a respectful way, you know, even if it's on your personal pages. Just mm-hmm. remember, you know, you never know who's going to read it. It could be a potential pl- employer. And and I tell people it's never, ever private. You know, I don't care what That's your true. privacy settings are. People can still print the pictures. They can still print what you've posted. So don't post something that you don't want the whole world to see. You know, if there's something private you want to communicate, then communicate with them in a different manner. Exactly. That's what email's for or the phone right. or whatever it might be. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I. Yeah. So agree. Well, I guess we're coming up. I mean, you kind of have the sense of the time, but I would be honored to be with you. This has just been just such an awesome experience, Dad, and so fun to share things that I've been thinking about almost like privately to a degree, right. you know, with you and with the listening audience. It's awesome. You it's know, and I will definitely have you back on again because we just barely scratched the surface, especially especially for newbies. Um, you know, yeah. and and I mean, we could do an entire program on just resources. Which <clears throat> I wanted to give a shout out to the people at Mashable and to Snopes. Yeah. You know, never post mm-hmm. anything that you're wondering about. Sometimes without checking those things out, there's always scams. There's always things going around. If it seems too good to be true, it probably is. So, you know, check out Mashable, check out Snopes, check out people like Joyce's page to see, you know, what she's got as a resource. And we do try and help people and provide all that information. So one last time, Joyce, how do we find you on Facebook? Oh, on Facebook and actually also I have a website. You can get my website there too. Great. On Facebook is the easiest. Just Boomers, B-O-O-M-E-R-S, no apostrophe there, Boomers Social Media Tutor, T-U-T-O-R. And then from there, you can connect with my um, my Pinterest page. My um, when you go into the about, there's my um, my website. So that's a good, really easy way to access me. Cool, yeah, cool. Thanks for the opportunity right. to give a little plug. Well, and thank you so me. much for coming on, and we will definitely have you back on very soon. Thanks, Deb. Have a great day. Great. Thank you, and and everybody else have a great day also. Thank you for being a friend. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.